The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show where we explore nighttime dreams, daytime desires, and the best ways to transform the tragic into magic. Because let's face it, we all dream, we all have our blessings, and we all have our challenges, myself included. And I don't want any of us to take any of those things lying down, if you know what I mean. I just wrote a book entitled, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. It comes out spring of 2023. And in the meantime, I'm excited to explore the topic with you, whether it relates to your waking or sleeping dreams, because we're dreaming all the time, people. So let's make it the best dream possible. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. I thought it would be the most perfect guest to start me on this new adventure. Um, Angela A. Wicks, who's my new BFF. <laughs> I just met her not that long ago, but I just felt such a kinship. And you're um, an energy healer. You are an amazing soul who's written many books, including Llewellyn's little book of unicorns, which I have right here. <laughs> Bring on the unicorns, bring on the sparkle, bring on the magic. And I'm sure I'll bring for the second half of the show, I'll talk about your bio in more specific detail, but I'm going to treat this like a, it's a dream and we're going out of order. So Angela Wicks, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for bringing me back. I so loved talking to you last time about your book, The Secret Psychic, which surprise, you're not a secret psychic anymore. <laughs> You're out. <laughs> and one thing that I found so refreshing about you is you're absolutely like smack dab. You live smack dab in the center of, of Llewellyn publications. And one of the oldest, most reputable, respected mind, body, spirit, public publishers on the planet. And, and you, and yet there's for people who aren't necessarily as deeply entrenched in the mind, body, spirit world, um, you might assume somebody that lives in this world would be sort of airy fairy, but you're not. I feel like you're super practical and yeah. you've written a book about unicorns and yet still you're very grounded. So yeah. I thought you're kind of the perfect person <laughs> to, to bring 
unicorns to us for anybody that's like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. <sighs> then maybe the show isn't for you. I think it's for those who, who are kind of open to like, what, what could this magic mean for me and who can't use a little magic? Okay. So let's start off with a little bit of what, what inspired you to write the little book of unicorns? Um, well, I'm Llewellyn's always, little book of unicorns. Yeah. I'm always coming up with book ideas for Llewellyn. And then, um, you know, I'll talk with the publisher about it and look at comparative titles in the market and everything. And um, if they like an idea, then I'll try to find an author to write that book. Um, that's just one of the ways that we end up with books. There are many other ways, but we have this collection of books that we had started and it was Llewellyn's little book of and we were doing books on chakras and meditations and psychic ability and I came up with the idea of Llewellyn's little book of unicorns and I asked the publisher like what do you think of this idea and they were like oh yeah that that could be a really good topic for this line and um, that was on a Friday. So I was like, okay, now I have to figure <laughs> out uh, an, an, an author to write this. And that entire weekend, I was writing down notes of like, oh, this should be in it. And this would be really good for them to talk about. And it should definitely get into this type of um, discussion. And by the end of the weekend, I had filled a notebook and I was like, maybe I could write this <laughs> Um and there was just so much passion pouring out of me and it was just like a download, you know, and I, I, I felt really in alignment with the topic and it was tapping into my earlier interests that I'd had as a kid and kind of re-bringing it to the surface. And so I put together a proposal and submitted it to um, one of the other acquisitions editors and she pitched it and they were like, yeah, go for it. So <laughs> that's how I ended up writing it. Um, topically how it came about was um what I really get into in the beginning I talk about the fables the folklore the history of unicorns um how they've existed in different locations throughout the world um, in different times how they've kind of transformed in our consciousness as an archetype so I get into all of that background um but what I really focus on in most of the book is how unicorns can be this metaphor, this archetypal metaphor of your own inner magic and connecting with your own passions. And in my own experience, this came about, I could only have written this book at that exact point in my life. And it, it came to me when I had just gone through a lot of trauma in my own health journey. Um, I have chronic illness um, that I've struggled with as from the time that I was a kid. And it really came to a head in um, about five years ago. And I had a couple surgeries and I was in a really, really low place. And I finally came to this point where I was like, you know what, this might, if this is going to be my life, and it has been for a long time, I've been struggling and striving to find the solution and the magic key that's going to finally allow me to live my life. Like maybe I need to figure out how to be happy in my current experience and circumstance. And that is really where the heart of the book came from was 
Like, what are the missing pieces of yourself that you've lost along the way? And how can you connect with um, that magical side of you and find your happiness and your joy, even if you might be going through hard times? So it's just all about finding that inner magic and um, using the unicorn as that archetype and also as a spiritual guide. Oh, I love that so much. And I'm glad that you are finding your way through this, the health challenges. Where are you at at this moment? Are you, I mean, you seem like you're just glowing and you're, <laughs> and you're, you seem like you're good, but I don't want to. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I actually got hit with a really bad flare yesterday and, uh, um, I, I I finally came to a point yesterday where I was like, you know what, I think it's time for me to buy a cane. I have some mobility issues when I get hit with flares in the, in the way that I'm getting hit with it right now. And I was thinking on it and I was thinking about this unicorn book and just like, you know what, maybe I need to read that again because in thinking back on it two days ago when I was going to bed, I tuned in and I, and I don't do this every night, but I felt my dog that had passed right before I had my surgeries, um, like five years ago. Uh And he doesn't come to me a lot, but like, I felt him really strongly. It was like, Oh, Hey Jasper. Oh, I love you. And then I felt my sister. And then I felt my grandpa Uh and a couple of other key people who are actually what I would call my unicorn people. I talk about that in the book. <laughs> yeah. Of like these are your unicorn people and they might be people who are living. They might be people who are past. They could be people you don't even know that you just look up to. Mm-hmm. But it was like all of these unicorn people for me who are on the other side. And I say people, my dog is a people. <laughs> is a people for sure. They're more people than most people could ever be. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I, and the energy that they were bringing to me to was so powerful that I I started crying, but I was so happy in that moment. I just felt such good energy and such love. And it happened again last night after I was hit with this flare. And I think they were preparing me for this moment when I was going to have a flare and um, to like not get bogged down in it. There's one person my great uncle Stanley, he had, I think, muscular dystrophy. So I always knew him in a wheelchair. And, you know, he, we were kids, he would put us on our lap and like, (laughs) motor us around the house on his wheelchair. And he always had the best smile. And he's one of my key unicorn people who inspires me. um, Just to keep in mind, like, if he could do it, I can get through this too. And I can find that joy and I can, I can, um, empower myself. And so I feel like they were preparing me for this, like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna hit a bump now. Um, Mm. and then one of my other unicorn people is a grandparent and he was always grandpa with the cane. He always had a cane. So he came to me also. And so yesterday I ended up buying a cane online and, It just, you know, I found one that was really beautiful and I'm actually (laughs) kind of excited to get it and see it in person and see the artistry that this artist did for sculpting the handle. It's a little bird. And so it's, it's just, you know, connecting with that really beautiful energy, even when you're going through what kind of meat 
might be kind of crappy circumstances. <laughs> right. Well, it feels like when life throws us, whatever it throws us, there's so many different ways we can approach it. We can approach right. the difficulties in such a way that, that exacerbates them and makes them 10 times worse for ourselves and for everyone. Right. And then there's the like, okay, I need to up my magic. I need to turn up the volume. And this is just a little thing, but um, a few months ago, my publisher at Blue Angel, he said something about like, oh, maybe you should do an Oracle deck on, on unicorns. And I was like, whoa. And then he was like, oh, no, 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 we're going to do it on horses instead. And I was like, and I had already gone for a ride, like for a day, I was in unicorn land. And I was what I mean, it's not something I would have ever thought of. I mean, I'm not known as like none of that. There's nothing really about that that lands on me, except I have had I did have a really incredible dream with a unicorn that Mm -hmm. was very, very powerful. And I'll tell you about that later. But but I just was aware just in that day of the high vibration that even just thinking about them, yeah. like, well, what I was like, what would I write? Like, what would, because I, I'm not a scholar of them, but maybe just intuitively. So I just started taking some notes and I just felt covered in magic and yeah. I was seeing the world from another perspective. And I was like, this is so interesting Mm -hmm. because we can kind of cloak ourselves in anything. Like I could, you know, cloak it in like focusing on serial killers and like see the world through that lens and, and have a response that kind of matches that Yeah. or just try on this unicorn. I mean, even just knowing I was going to do this interview with you every time I would think about it and open this book and read. And it's like, it's like, just, it's just, if nothing else, I mean, there's so many other things, but if nothing else, it's a vibration lifter. Right. And isn't there all kinds of science on our emotional vibration, it having its ripple effect in, in affecting things like our health and our relationships. What would, yeah. what would you say about that? Actually. Um, so I wrote the book before I learned about things like neural rewiring. Mm. There are a lot of different neural rewiring programs out there. And I learned about it really soon after the book went to publication. And I was like, that's what I was writing about in the book. There's one section where I talk about um, the power of our thought, the power of our focus, um, going into visualizations and envisioning positivity. So there's one study that I talk about where people there was one group where they would do a certain exercise um, for muscle growth. There was another group that just visualized it. And the people that just visualized it, they didn't have the same amount of growth, but they still had some level of um, improvement. So it's just the power of our thought and how our brains work is really amazing. And isn't it? Yeah. And then when I started diving into the neural rewiring types of programs, um, it's really magical. Like the types of changes that we can um, start to uh, promote in our bodies and our minds and with our emotions and everything on every level. Right. It's, it's like, it's, I mean, in some way magic is in sort of a misnomer because magic kind of implies that it's, just sort of by grace that it happens, but really there's, 
there's science that backs it up. And there's, and you can, if we were to look at our brains under a microscope and look at how the neuro pathways are noticing how things are moving around, we would, it's like uh, this, this isn't exactly magic. It's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. it's, and it's practical. Yeah. It, it really is. It's like when we're, when we're connect, I mean, even in the midst of a difficult time, I mean, I'll, so I'll just mention my, my unicorn dream, because I know you talk a lot about dreams, which is so fabulous in yep. this book and how <laughs> dreaming is one way that we can, we can allow that energy in whether as a symbol or as, or in actuality, um, year months ago, I did a, a series in my podcast where I was helping a woman find her daughter. It was a missing person kind of a thing, which is not something I ever do. That's Mm -hmm. not my life at all, but it was, it all kind of came. There was a woman from my neighborhood who was, who'd been missing for nine years and her mother found me because she had been having a series of dreams about her daughter. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do with this? So I'm like, well, I, I know a lot of psychics. I know a lot of really cool, intuitive people. I don't and I do have family in the investigation business. So maybe I can pull my resources together and see what we can discover. And I shared that I wanted to do this with my husband and his first response would bless his heart was, are you insane? <laughs> this, isn't, <laughs> this isn't what you do. You're like, what are, you're chewing? You're biting off way more than you can chew. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. So let me, let me dream about this. Let me just, I'm going to dream on it and see what comes through. And I had a dream that night long story short, but I'm sitting across a table from a woman I don't recognize with long, dark hair. And it turns out, and I didn't know what this woman looked like, but she had long, dark hair mm-hmm. and kind of a pale face. And, um, and we were ordering, we were at a restaurant ordering breakfast and, and the waitress brings to me a platter of these sparkly, um, frosted cupcake cookie kind of things. And I was like, Oh, that's neat. Okay, cool. And then they bring her eggs over easy that were broken yolks with a side of unicorn. And it wasn't for eating. It was like a garnish, but it was like a little baby unicorn on the plate. And I was like, Oh, I want what she's having. (laughs) I don't want just all this fluffy stuff. I want protein plus magic plus unicorn. I want that. And so I woke up with that dream and I felt like it answered my question. It was like, yes, this will be mysterious. Yes. There's going to be some broken yokes. Like she's been unyoked from her family for nine years. Mm-hmm. And the, it's like, there's something very much about the chicken and the egg and the, and the mother and the maternal bond. And, but then also the side of magic. I mean, she was following her path and it turns out that she's on the other side. So and there was dreams that confirmed that and were commun- very, very powerful and direct communication, oh. but it, it, in like, t- it was about three months in total. We were able to bring in so much information that sort of made it undeniable that, so it could give the mother some peace, even though, you yeah. know, heartbreaking though, that was to know that she'd been in a better place. She hadn't been suffering all these nine years. And mm-hmm. so that unicorn to me really hooked my attention and, and I felt like it kind of guided me through the journey because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just, but I ended up encountering magical people that were helpful along the way. So, so how do dreams from, what do you think about that? And, and also just dreams that, that feature unicorns. I love that. Like, even as 
sad as the end result is to have that kind of confirmation. And the feeling when you get in those dreams where you wake up and it's like, holy cow, like, I can't believe for me, a lot of times when that kind of thing comes about, it's like, I can't believe I got to be part of this dream or like that this was gifted to me. Just that feeling that it has is so overwhelming. Yeah. And right. Um, I also talk about like unicorn dreams. It could be a dream about a unicorn where the unicorn is some kind of symbol. And I have the interpretations of what those symbol meanings might be. And then, yeah. and then let's hear, also, let's hear what yours is. Let's, I would love to hear what you think a unicorn showing up in a dream is. Um, my favorite interpretations come from Melissa Alvarez. Mm. She had a book on animal, um, animal message interpretations. Mm-hmm. And a part of it was about purity, innocence. Um, also, there's kind of sometimes a feistiness about unicorns, like they can be bold and sassy. But, <laughs> but also honest, um, sometimes blatantly so. Um, vanity might be part of it. They love to see their own reflection. So, oh, yeah. But that could also be about looking at yourself um, and being courageous enough to do that and looking at your shadow side. Ooh. So, seeing all of you and um, looking at the mirror in a true way. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of, there's a lot of different types of ways that you could interpret it. And part of like, I'm sure what you talk about in your work is tuning into what it feels like for you. Yeah. Thinking into that feeling and finding that, um, that authentic meaning for you, because what someone else interprets it as could be totally different than what you might be feeling that it means for you. Right. Um, And then I also talk about unicorn dreams as being just like those super unusual, super, super powerful types of dreams where, Mm. like I said, you can't, you kind of can't believe that you got to be a part of that. And sometimes for me, this comes about with visitations. So they're visitation dreams from people that I've loved who've passed on. And this usually happens with my sister where Right. Yeah, it happened quite a bit after she passed away, but I feel like it's very natural as the longer that someone is has been on the other side, um, the less frequently that that happens. But when it happens, she usually like I become lucid in the dream when usually when she gives me a hug and it's just like, oh, my God, Amy's here and I'm with her and we're hugging and and then I wake up because I'm just so, <laughs> so shocked by it that it, it brings me out of it. But, um, but the feeling of it is so powerful that I know it was more than just like a symbolic type of dream. And like, I can feel her energy and what she's giving me. Oh God. I love that. I just, so as we speak simultaneous with this, if people are listening in real time, um, there's a DreamWorks summit. And even if they're not, the DreamWorks summit for the shift network is, will be available after this. But um, one of the, I, one of the people I interviewed is Dr. Um, is Robert Wagoner, who's a very powerful and well, world-renowned lucid dream expert. And um, I, 
in the process of, so I got to interview him and I've been having all kinds of lucid dreams as a result. And I was telling him, one of the reasons I don't lucid dream really is that the moment I'm aware that I'm dreaming, when I'm dreaming, I get so excited that I wake myself up. He said, you have to just train yourself, like even practice in your waking life that when you're, when you're, when you're aware that you're dreaming, when you're dreaming, you're going to get really calm. Yeah. <laughs> he said, look I, at the yeah. floor, think yeah. about something really boring and yeah. then stick with it. <laughs> Claire Johnson That's talks helped. about, um, like, look at your hands. Yes. Like, just look at your hands. And, yeah. um, oh, I was going to say another thing and it just flew out. Of my head. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing that, so if I become lucid, it's usually always with my sister and there have been moments where I'll be like, oh my God, she's here. I know I'm dreaming. I know this is really her. I can't look at her because I know if I look at her, I'm going to wake up. And so I kind of focus on my breath in the dream and just kind of like side eye at her, like, okay, what's going on in this, in this scenario? What does she want to tell me? So I've had those two, which are really cool. (laughs) Side eye, the magic unicorn, like, uh, I see the horn out of the top of my, oh, Oh, that's so, that's wonderful. Cause we want to be able to be excited and carry that excitement into our lives. I mean, even just thinking about those dreams, there's still a, a fairy dust that kind of, or unicorn dust that just yep. stays with us. And I just think it's interesting. And you talk about this in your book, Lou Allen's little book of unicorns about even the symbology of the horn and it's not called a horn it's called something else and you'll tell yeah. us what it is but it comes out of the third eye so oh. it, when we think about them we're tapping into that so tell us a little bit about that part yeah so it's the alicorn alicorn okay yeah. how do you spell that it's a l i alicorn <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah so tapping into the third eye and that's a part of the inner vision and our psychic ability, um, that clear audience ability and, uh, just, um, you know, connecting with that inner sight and, um, God, there was something else and it just flew out of my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like we're out, we're, we're out beyond, but if you think of it, just jump right in. But yeah. one thing that I was just thinking about was in, in your book, you, you have some exercises and you were talking about the zipper like to z- oh, unzip yeah. or zip or unzip are are different chakras and you go through and you kind of give your like a, a wonderful brief example of what all the chakras are, but especially the third eye. So is it possible to kind of lead us through a little how you do the zipping and unzipping for anybody who might want to access their own alicorn yeah. in more intuitive ways. Definitely. So this exercise actually comes from Echo Bodine, who was my first instructor when I started going to classes for psychic ability and energy work. And this one always stuck with me. And it's also something that is good that you can do if you're having insomnia too, because sometimes with insomnia, it's occurring because your third eye is wide open and you kind of need to like just shut it down a little bit and let it be calm. So when you want to open up, this can be good at the beginning of a meditation when you kind of want to open yourself to whatever messaging might be coming to you, where you just kind of sit in stillness and um, take some deep breaths and then just envision a zipper 
and you can start at the top of your crown and um, just imagine zipping that and having it open the energy and just go down to each chakra and see that energy opening and expanding. And you, then you can just sit in that energy with you're fully open and you're expanding and you can feel that when you really tune into it and just feel that energy growing around you. Um, and then being able to access energy that might be coming to you as well, because you're open and you're receiving. And then before you end that meditation, you make sure to then close up that zipper um, and see each chakra, you know, being kind of cocooned back into your physical being um, so that you're back kind of with that boundary as you go mm. back out into the world. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful that, and it's such a, it's a simple thing that we can all do, but I, I feel it. I definitely feel the zipping and the unzipping. I did, um, I used to have a show called dreams unzipped and I had, a, I created a, a meditation, a zipping like of the whole body. <laughs> you and I are so attuned. <laughs> it's, but I, often I think about the unzipping, but you got to come back in and zip it back up. Like, yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to be around certain people that might be challenging or circumstances or even just driving a car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, we don't always want to be completely unzipped out in a world where we're, you never know what might happen. Throughout history, Dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Okay, so Angela Awicks, author of uh, The Secret Psychic and also Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns. It's amazing. And um, you are also, I'm just going to tell people a little bit about you. You're in Wisconsin. You're the acquiring editor for Mind Body Spirit titles at Llewellyn Worldwide, and you're a certified medical Reiki master. You are an ordained minister of holistic healing, and you're the author of Secret Psychic, as I mentioned. And you and you also contribute to the the Edge, the Elephant Journal, and Llewellyn's complete book of Mindful Living. Also, professionally practice massage or have practiced massage therapy and energy medicine and your website is angela slash arts <laughs> so angela ann wicks wix.com and um, so let's let's talk a little bit about dreams i had and i'm for for anybody listening the new way to do this since this isn't a call-in show you're welcome to um, send me a voice memo, or you can send me a text, or you can even write in on Facebook Live. So Angela 
Wix and I are on Facebook Live for anybody who's listening later. And I, my plan is to do my shows like this live and then send it off to mindbodyspirit.fm. So someone sent me a dream question and I'm just going to throw this out to both of us, if you don't mind, Angela. Sure. So she said, um, have you ever heard of someone's dream world being hacked? I think this relates to us zipping and unzipping, Angela. But she said, I keep ending up in the strangest, most discombobulating dreams that don't feel like my own. Everything is inside out and upside down, but I keep waking up with a sensation that I wasn't in my dream. So I'm going to just hand it over to you for a second, then I'll, I'll pick it up. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I, this makes me think of back in middle school at lunch, me and my friends <laughs> would always pick apart the dreams that we had the night before. So we would uh -huh. share each other's dreams and then try to analyze them. And me and one of my friends decided that we were going to start to try intentionally entering each other's dreams. Um, I don't think we ever were successful with it, but this is, this is what it makes me think of if um, she's jumping into someone else's dreams. Oh, that's interesting. So, so one thing that, I mean, I think it's, I think dreams are like diamonds and they're multifaceted and they are many things at the same time. I think dreams are personal. And I think they're also like for the collective. And so I would even, I've had, a, I've had a few dreams of my own that felt like I was in somebody else's life. And, but I also take from that, why, why that? So there's, there's often something for us, no matter what, but if I'm feeling like somebody has hacked my dream, then I might want to consider that I've been porous. I've been overly open. And maybe I do need to do this zipping meditation before going to sleep. And I might even invite in a dream guide to help support, to like hold some boundaries for me. If that, if it, because really anything's possible in dreams, there's when we open up the floodgates to dreams, we step outside of our ordinary container of the world that seems so ordinary and, and, and fleshy and three-dimensional. So anything's possible in the realm of dreams. Mm -hmm. If we, if we enjoy the experiences we're having, then let's keep having more of them. But let's, I think um, calling on an animal guide or a spirit guide to help support. And I wouldn't think there'd be any, anything wrong with doing a little zip up meditation before you go to sleep. Cause Angela Wicks, as you said in your book, when we go to sleep, we are shutting down the third eye anyway. So we might as well make a deliberate cocoon out of it so that we can feel safe as we sleep. I actually just heard um, a sleep expert talking about this and he was saying, he was kind of drawing the, the link between dream and sleep issues, like the in people's difficulty getting to sleep being kind of around the fact that we are so vulnerable when we sleep, when we lay down to sleep and dream, we're at our most vulnerable physically, mentally, emotionally, psychically, that, that we are the, at our most vulnerable state as we're in all day. Like mm -hmm. it's a, so a lot of 
unpleasant things have happened to people in their vulnerable state, such as sleeping, lying down. So there might be, I mean, I think we can't heal what we can't feel. So if the dream is revealing something, then it might require a deeper dive into, into bringing some light and some healing into maybe times in the past where there, where your energy was hacked or where your boundaries were hacked. I don't know. What do you think about that, Angela? Well, what I was actually, uh, I was thinking of um, past lives. Um, this is something where, you know, I, back when I was younger and it was new, um, if I ever had a dream that was like me as a man or me in a war or something like that, it felt extremely foreign, but also very familiar in mm -hmm. a way that or like I would have these dreams where I was smoking and I've never smoked, but I loved it. And it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you were channeling my friend Gypsy. <laughs> and that, that just uh, was not, I mean, I've never even experienced that in this life smoking. And it was just like the best thing ever. And so, <laughs> um, so like that doesn't feel like a part of me, but it, it was, it's to the point of familiarity that, um, foreign familiarity that right. it makes me feel like I've either experienced this or I'm tapping into someone else's experience. So when you're talking about the collective, it also makes me think of like past lives, that kind of even that big of a collective where yes. the history of kind of everything. So, um, you never know what you're going to access. Ooh, that is such a great perspective. Yeah. When it does feel like it's, it doesn't relate to what I'm doing in this life or what I like or what I don't like, then yeah, consider that it's a past life. One of the people that I interviewed for the DreamWorks Summit for the Shift Network that's going on as we speak. So I'm simultaneously in multiple places at once. Billy Ortiz, who, who was one of the teaching partners of the late Jeremy Taylor, um, was talking about how Jeremy said that every dream is an autobiography waiting to happen, or in other words, like an autobiography that's attempting to be revealed. And even if the dream, like this dream of being hacked, I think we could take a deep dive down there and say, well, how, where, where have I been hacked in the past? Where have people come in uninvited? And maybe where have I come in uninvited? And how is that a bigger story? So I'm just kind of geeking out on this notion that we could take any dream and shine enough light on it and just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Even if it starts off seeming completely innocuous, completely like unrelated, I think it'll take us straight to the center of the universe. <laughs> That's my thought. <laughs> Grandiose, maybe, but I don't think so. Right? Yeah. There's so, so much potential. So much potential. All right. One, I want to get really practical for a moment. One of the things that, um, that you talk about in, in your book, Llewellyn's a little book of unicorns. Um, and I particularly, particularly picked up on this because I, you said that if we want to have more unicorn energy, like if we're feeling like I don't have any connection to unicorns, but we want, we would like it, then there's some practical physical things we can do like kind of beautifying our environment. So say something about like even what you started to do with your environment. And so talk about the beauty aspect of things. 
Um, so I talk about the different tools of the unicorn where this type of energy is trying to get your attention and you can start to pay attention and cultivate those types of things. One of them would be where you were talking about before, where you just have a shift in perspective, where you're almost cloaked in that kind of lens that you're looking for these types of things. So maybe once a day you even pause and are just like, okay, what, what was something beautiful that I came across today? Or it could just be in your awareness throughout the day of like, okay, I'm going to find at least one beautiful thing. That's actually a really good title. One beautiful thing. No one beautiful thing. <laughs> Nobody steal it. Or just write that book right away. And I yeah. and I know what the introduction story is that you'll borrow from the unicorn. It's about the butterfly. Oh, you say yeah. something about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was the culmination moment. That was the moment that I was like, okay, this is the book. Um, so I was in that mode of just really in the funk of depression, um, kind of wallowing in my life has been hard, these challenges, I don't know if I'm ever going to heal. I was just kind of lost in those cycling thoughts. And I was walking through my yard. And all of a sudden, I was just I stopped and I was shocked, like my jaw was hanging open. And I was just like, what am I seeing? It's like my brain couldn't translate, because I was seeing a butterfly. And it's wings where it was, you know, spreading open. It was so beautiful. And then it would close, open. And it was like meditative. And it just like sucked me in. It was those, um, those butterflies that are black with the yellow. So it was really vibrant. But it was sitting on a pile of poop. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what's the best? That's the book cover. <laughs> I know. Butterflies are supposed to be on flowers. What am I seeing right now? And it was just like, I heard this line. I can't remember. I have it in the book, but it was just like, you know, you got to look for the butterflies, even among the crap type of a thing. And I was just like, this is my life right now. <laughs> this is what I need to be doing. So yeah, that was a very key moment in my life. I love that so much. I have to just, I have to go here for a second because I kept thinking about it. There's a story that Elizabeth Gilbert tells about when she was filing for divorce, she was at the post office and it was a very like heavy, emotional, dark day she was going to send in the papers. And it was like the feelings of defeat and feelings of hopelessness, despair, like just a cloak. And I can't remember exactly how the story goes, but as she was about to leave the post office. She's like, I'm, I'm disconnected from the magic. I need to, I'm, I need to be open to finding like one beautiful thing, something like that. Yeah. That's still your title. <laughs> she walks out the door and it's in New York city and out of nowhere, there is a parade going by and there's like confetti and like people dressed like mermaids and like <laughs> going down the street, like right in front of her marching band. And like, she's like, what? <laughs> it's like this, oh my God. Not just a little teeny drop of like a speck of, do- but like, oh my God, all this. So I just, I think about that story. Like sometimes we just need to think, I really need a shot of beauty right now. I need to attune my eyes to it. Cause she could have just walked out and been like, ah, I know I can't get across the street. That's annoying. I know I have to walk around, but instead she was, she let herself bask. 
<laughs> what a juxtaposition. Yeah, just like the butterfly on the yep. heap of shit. Like, yep. <laughs> and and the shit is the fertilizer that will eventually help to create beautiful food or flowers or something. I mean, it's like the life yep. cycle just keeps going and it's what we're looking for. Yeah. So, and I know in this book, just for, we're not going to get into this right now, but I want people to know that Angela, you go, you, you do a very scholarly job talking about all of the different iterations of, of unicorn, like going all the way back to the Greeks, going back to all the different, like every culture has its own Mm -hmm. unicorn. And then, and even recognizing the Norwal is an actual thing. It's like, there's actual, like what? I didn't know know that. You didn't? No. Um, it was maybe like seven, six, seven years ago. And I was looking at something online and I, I don't know if it was an article or a meme or something. And I was just like, wait a minute, they're real. What? <laughs> and I remember posting on Facebook, like, why didn't you guys ever tell me Narwhals are real? <laughs> That's friggin' cool. <laughs> and it was just like this moment where it's like magic exists. There are narwhals. <laughs> yeah. And then if you think about it, a butterfly, I mean, there could just as well be this lure of, is there really butterflies? It's like, yeah, yeah there right. doesn't, just because we see them regularly doesn't mean they're not magical. Mm-hmm. Just because we see the sunrise and the sunset every day doesn't mean it's not magical. The right. moon, the like trees, then be able to communicate with each other like this. It's like, right. Ah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's God. one example I give where it's like, you think about, um, people who are colorblind. I have uh, quite a few family members who are colorblind. And um, if you ever want to have a positive boost, look up those videos on YouTube that are um, uh, people getting those color glasses. So if you're colorblind, you can get these glasses that allow you to see the range of color that's like normal to like to me, I can see color in a normal way. And so a lot of times people will they'll like gather like they'll have balloons in all different colors or they'll be in a specific place where they know that this individual is going to get to see like really interesting colors so they'll put on the glasses and usually it's very emotional and it just is a reminder of like I see this magic every day yeah and it's so normal to me that it just kind of fades into the background and I'm not really aware of it. But when someone else calls it out like that, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like I get to see this rainbow, you know, and that's really beautiful. Like maybe I should pay more attention to this. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, that is a perfect way to wrap up this show. I feel like you've just like brought in so much magic and wonder and beauty. And I'm so grateful to have connected with you, Angela. And I love your books and I love the work you do. And I love Llewellyn and it's a, it's an honor to be connected with, with you guys, with, with my products and with just the ways that our lives get to intersect. And I just want everybody to get this beautiful book. It's so, if you're looking on Facebook, you can see me kind of opening the pages. It's just beautiful. It's, it's really go- fun. It's gorgeous. I did a good job with it. (laughs) I walked into the end of the seventh ray, the spiral staircase bookstore by my house. And it was right there on display. I'm like, I'm so glad this book is getting (laughs) out and around. It's really, I think it's for 
adults as much as like teenagers or kids or like anybody, anybody I think who is into magic or wants a little bit more in their life and really who, who doesn't need that in this day and age with all the stuff going on in the world. This is the, this is the medicine. It's very practical. So thank you for being part of my brand new chapter in my life, brand I'm new show. I'm so honored to be the first one. <laughs> thank you for being a unicorn in my life and for helping to bring unicorns down to earth and actually helping to le- elevate us to their realm so we're more in communication. So thank you, Angela. A- AngelaAnnWicks.com and Angela A. Wicks, I just appreciate you so much i i'm i appreciate you too and thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the kelly sullivan walden show if you enjoyed this episode take a moment to like subscribe comment and share it with your friends my show can be found on apple itunes youtube google play spotify and wherever you get your podcasts If you want to pre-order my new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste, go to your favorite online or brick-and-mortar retailer, then head on over to kellysullivanwalden.com, tragic to magic. Input your order number and redeem your bonus gifts. I'm also excited to be offering a new live DreamWork practitioner training. So if that calls to you, go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash dreamwork. If you'd like to join me for the live recording of these shows, most Wednesdays at noon Pacific, you can find me on Facebook at Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. If you have a question about your dreams or about how to transform your tragic into magic, email me at kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com. Until next time, remember, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And as you awaken to the power of your dreams, you make the world a lighter, brighter, more beautiful place, one dream at a time. Sweet dreams. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.